Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Story time. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So there's a mountain range known as Krakonosh separating Poland and the Czech Republic. About eight years ago, I was coming back from Prague to Wrocław, and missed the last bus from the Czech side, Harakov, to the Poland side, Sklarska Poriba. It was summer, about 7 pm, so there was still a lot of light. I decided to cross the mountains through a low pass, figured I'd reach Poland before dawn. The journey had been uneventful until about 2 am. That's when I started hearing a high-pitched, wailing sound. It sounded a lot like a whale's call. It felt terribly sad and lonely. I started looking around, searching for its source. The moon was high and the sky was clear, so the visibility was really good. I saw it among the trees, about a 100 meters from me. It was moving slowly, carefully testing the ground before proceeding. Its siren's call made me shiver. The creature looked like a giant spider with a bat's head placed on a long, thin neck. Its ears were huge, and probably highly sensitive, it turned its head, as if noticing my presence, but it didn't seem to mind me and continued to move slowly and wail. It was about 3 meters long, 1 5 meter tall. It didn't do anything paranormal except for, well, existing. What I felt wasn't exactly terror, it was more of awe and profound sadness. I remember thinking it might be the last one of its kind, that its calls had been a dying song. After watching it for a few minutes, I proceeded to follow the trail and eventually reached the town of Sklarska Poriba around 5 am. I remember feeling really strange for a couple of days afterwards. This was on an elk hunting trip. My friend and I was going to meet one of our party at a point on a road, in the early evening. While walking along the logging road we came up on these huge tracks in the road. They were on the road, and off the road, into the trees then back onto the road, like it was wandering. And also there were more than one size tracks. Some were smaller than the others. The farther we walked, the more tracks we found. By the time we met our friend, we thought we wouldn't say anything and see what he would say about the tracks. He said, well I didn't see any elk, but these tracks are all over the place. We headed back to camp and the next day we headed home. There is no doubt in my mind, that these tracks were made by a mighty big creature. The tracks were about 18 inches long and 8 inches wide on the big ones and maybe 15 inches on the smaller ones. They had to be very heavy to crush the hard snow, down to the road bed, like it did. I have been working as a law enforcement officer in Hancock County, Mississippi, where we have been receiving reports about a large bipedal creature near the Stennis Space Center. I had the unsettling experience of encountering this unknown animal, believed to be Bigfoot, and I want to share my account. In my submitted report, I described the creature as a huge being, running on two legs at a speed that surpassed anything I had ever seen. At that moment, my main concern was getting away from there without drawing my gun. It happened after I finished my night shift, around 11.30 pm. My girlfriend picked me up, and we headed home together. Once she dropped me off, I started driving north on Highway 607 towards Bay St. Louis. As I glanced in my rearview mirror, I noticed headlights of another vehicle behind me. I decided to slow down, 
hoping the driver would pass me. To my surprise, the vehicle continued to tailgate me with its high beams on. Annoyed, I gestured for them to turn off their high beams, but they didn't respond. To get a better look or note their license plate number, I gradually slowed down and moved to the side to let them pass. However, as I did so, the vehicle pulled up beside my driver's side door. I pulled my car over to the shoulder of Highway 607, thinking I was about to confront an unpleasant individual. But what I saw standing on the roadside was not a man but an incredibly hideous creature, a Bigfoot. It walked around my patrol car while I prepared to defend myself, unholstering my firearm. Strangely, the creature showed no signs of fear or aggression towards me. It calmly entered the nearby wooded area, disappearing from my sight. While I am convinced that the encounter was with a Bigfoot, I also want to mention another incident. Inside the buffer zone of the Stennis Space Center, around 3.34 a.m., my patrol car mysteriously died. It was a peculiar occurrence that I will include in a subsequent report along with this new information. I was on my golf cart by myself, and it was completely dark outside, and quiet. I live in a neighborhood surrounded by farmland, and woods throughout various spots. I was driving but pulled over because this giant beetle was on my shirt, it pinched me and freaked me out. I pulled over next to a stretch of woods, and struggled to get it off of me. In the woods nearby I heard walking, like perhaps a deer walking around, so I wasn't scared. Yet, the sounds got louder and closer. The walking had gotten so loud it sounded unreal, something out of Jurassic Park, like a dinosaur stomping. The walking had gotten overwhelmingly loud and extremely close, so I slammed on the gas and get the F out. I looked behind me but couldn't see anything, but felt shivers down my spine because I swear it was inches behind me. Not sure if this has anything to do with it, but I was talking Abbott skinwalkers with my sister and doing some research. So I hope that didn't invite anything? But I can't even describe how loud the stomping was. It sounded unreal and was seriously terrifying. I was walking down a little dirt road at daylight. I was elk scouting, when I come out into the edge of the clear cut at the bottom of the hill. I just started out where I could see the top, which the road I was on led up, when I seen some movement. I watched for a second and could not believe my eyes. At first it almost looked like to bears standing up on their hind legs facing each other. They were at about 300 yards. I put my binoculars on them and I witnessed what seemed to be two young Bigfoot playing. I watched them jump around chasing each other and jump up and hit their hands together for about a minute, then all of a sudden they both just stopped and walked off together into the thick trees. They were about five and a half feet tall with hands down to almost their knees, with long brown hair. They looked just like pictures I seen in Walla Walla Washington sightings like two years later. I was leading my team of Navy SEALs on a top-secret mission deep in enemy territory in Iraq. The assignment was clear, infiltrate a hostile country, gather crucial intelligence, and extract a high-value target, a U.S. diplomat threatened by Saddam Hussein's henchmen. As we moved through the treacherous terrain, 
I couldn't help but feel a mix of excitement and tension. The adrenaline surged through my veins as we approached our objective. Our team was composed of skilled and dedicated individuals, each with their own unique traits. Among us was Bruce, an exceptional soldier who had a hidden talent. When he wasn't fighting on the battlefield, Bruce would occasionally entertain us with his rock guitar skills during our downtime. It was his way of bringing a touch of normalcy to our demanding lives. As we executed the mission, we encountered relentless opposition from a well-trained enemy force. They were determined to protect their leader and maintain control over the region. It seemed like every step we took was met with gunfire and strategic ambushes. But we were Navy SEALs, trained to overcome any obstacle thrown our way. However, our journey took an unexpected turn when we discovered that the supposed weapon of mass destruction we were tasked to locate didn't exist. It was a false lead, a deception that had led us into this dangerous territory. Doubt began to creep into our minds as we questioned the validity of our mission. Were we being used as pawns in a larger political game? Anyway, that's not why I'm telling you this story. So, listen up. During one intense raid on a local house, as we stormed through rooms and cleared them one by one, I found myself face to face with something that defied explanation. In a locked room, I caught a glimpse of a bizarre creature. The only way I can describe the legs of it is like that goat or human hybrid from the Narnia movie, but with the torso like a hybrid of man and canine. It was taller than me, and I'm tall. Its outline and coat were pitch black, blacker than anything I've seen before. Its eyes, piercing and filled with an unknown intelligence, seemed to lock onto mine for a split second before chaos erupted. The creature swiftly tackled me and, with incredible strength, managed to break free from my grasp. It vanished into the chaos of the firefight. As I struggled to regain my composure, confusion and shock overwhelmed me as I tried to comprehend what I had just witnessed. But in the midst of the ongoing battle, I made a difficult decision. Pursuing the creature was not a priority. Our main focus had to be on completing our mission and ensuring the safety of our team. Eventually, we managed to escape the compound with our target in tow, making our way to the outskirts where we were picked up by an army helicopter. As we soared through the skies, I couldn't shake off the image of that strange creature from my mind. When I questioned the other members of the team about it, they seemed puzzled. None of them had seen any such creature during the operation. It left me wondering if what I had witnessed was real or merely a figment of my imagination in the heat of battle. I work as a seasonal park ranger here at Lawson National Park in California. One Friday afternoon, my brother and I, who were working together, came across a pile of scat that we thought was a goat's, but we knew it was not mountain goat feces. It looked different. We've seen mountain goats around here before, and the scat was much larger and darker in color. It appeared fresh and still kind of wet. We have no idea what this could have been. There are no other animals in the park that produce scat this large. We've also had people report to us that there is a massive black wolf in the park that's twice the size of a regular wolf. People have claimed that it had red eyes and was the size of a large, large Great Dane, and this, of course, has still been unconfirmed. 
I have seen a lot of strange things in the park myself that I have no explanation for what they could be. There was even a woman who had reported seeing what she referred to as goat man, but after going on a search, we could not find anything. Of course, as weird as it is, when we go looking for these things, the woods always seem to have a way of going quiet, and getting this feeling like you're being watched. Now, that might just be my paranoia, but I feel a little more level-headed than letting my paranoia control me like that and just imagining things. I'm not exactly sure what all these sightings are about, and I simply don't believe they are all just simply misidentifications. And speaking of which, there is a gentleman I spoke to about seven months ago who was over on the east section of the park, and at one point or another, was actually attacked by what he describes as a bipedal coyote or wolf. He wasn't sure which. This thing actually tore aside in his tent during the nighttime while he was sleeping and attacked him. It tore his arm pretty well, and fortunately, he did not have to lose his arm, and they were able to save it. But he shot this thing right in the face multiple times until it finally fled. He said, had he not been heavily armed with his Glock, he has no idea what would have happened. He probably would not be alive. He said this creature looked evil and was very, very big, but he kept saying coyote more than wolf and said it looked very human in the way its eyes looked, not in a literal sense he described, but the intelligence, the intent behind what it was doing. He described it as if it was wanting to not only hurt him but know that it wanted to hurt him. This, simply put, was just evil. My hunting partner Ed and I were into the second week of the Oregon bow season. It was about six when we came upon a stock pond. These ponds are fed by a small spring or small creek. We decided to circumnavigate it to see if we could see what was watering in the area. I went left Ed went to the right. I hadn't gone far when I came to a depression in the muddy gravely pond edge. It looked like a very big heavy person had left a footprint there. I got down and saw that there were toe impressions at the front. Well I called Ed over to see this and he said there was another one behind the first. We backtracked the prints and found what appeared to be skid marks on the hillside of the pond. This was just next to the small trickle of water which fed the pond. The hair on the back of my neck stood right up. We went up the hill for about 40 yards but found indistinguishable impressions in the trashy undergrowth. We went back down and tracked them in the other direction and the impressions, overturned pebbles, broken and bent grasses, went about 100 yards down a hill into a ravine thick with manzineta and small scrub oak. We then went back to the foot tracks and covered them with logs so they wouldn't be destroyed. Went home and got some plaster of Paris. We made the impressions and we were shocked to find that there were definitely toes on one cast the other was in too much gravel to make a good impression. At the same time I took some pictures of Ed stretching to match the stride of the prints. The next week we went into the same area, same skit road, about 300 yards past the stock tank. We were walking side by side when something to my left and slightly behind us, up the hill approximately 100 yards something caught my eye. I spun around to see what it was, and to my astonishment I saw a pair of legs running into the thick underbrush. I couldn't see all of it because of the trees. My impression was of a two-legged creature, animal, with long brown hair on the legs running away from us. 
Ed saw the branches swinging back into place but saw nothing else. We both got spooked and quickly went back to the truck and never hunted there again. I gave the plaster cast to my nephew in San Jose, California and have never seen them again. I still have the photos of Ed stretching to match the stride. The footprints measured 18 foot long by 6 inches across the heel, and 8 foot across the ball of the foot. I got some hair samples from a star thistle down in the ravine and I still have them. There's this stretch of river far north of town that I liked hiking alongside. I'd never seen anyone else out there, and I enjoyed the simplicity and peacefulness of that isolation. One morning I took my dog with me and we were crossing a shallow stretch of the river while she was tethered to my belt. She's a calm, friendly dog. Hardly ever barks and is always happy to meet strangers and other creatures. But when we reached the middle of the river, she suddenly started barking and jumping around on her tether like something was coming at us. I swiveled around and saw that she was just barking at some middle-aged guy in an oversized red t-shirt standing on the riverbank we just left. At first I was relieved that it wasn't a mountain lion or bear, so I waved to him and said hello. But he just kept standing there staring at us without any expression on his face. Meanwhile my dog kept snarling, barking and pulling at her leash like she wanted to get free to go kill him. Completely uncharacteristic of her. I tried to get her to calm down, but she was lost in her fury so I just started slogging my way towards the other riverbank towing her behind me. I kept glancing back at the guy and saw that he'd started pacing up and down the riverbank still watching us. I waved to him again and told him to have a good day, stranger, but again he didn't acknowledge it. Just kept pacing and then stopping to stand there staring at us. Dog kept going nuts with the barking and snarling until we climbed up the other riverbank and put a few layers of trees and rocks and foliage between us and the guy. The rest of the hike, whenever she'd tense up and perk her ears up and look off into the woods, I'd get a bit paranoid and fish the folding knife out of my pocket in case it was the red shirt guy following us and not just some little critter drawing her attention. Took a roundabout long way back to my car that crossed the river in a different spot from where we'd seen him. I want to preface before that I've always somewhat believed in these type of creatures, aliens, skinwalkers, windigos, spirits, etc., but I've always been the kind of person who doesn't 100% believe or not in something. I've just always believed that it's possible so why not? But of course just like anyone else who hasn't experienced something, I had my doubts. Also I wanted to add that I am not the type to be scared of entities. When it comes to what I believe and how I see spirits I am never scared of them. I understand them and I have always connected with them. Last night I was with my partner and our friend and we were at a place called Rafa's Chasms in Gloucester, Massachusetts. We got there at about 9.30 p.m. and we were just going to have a fire on the rocks by the water. You had to walk through some wooded area to get to the rocks and as we pulled up to the area I had a bad feeling for some reason. And usually trust my intuition but I told myself I was just psyching myself out. Once we got to the spot I immediately felt a weird feeling but again I told myself I was just making things up. Even so I didn't turn my back to the open space and I was turned facing towards the woods or rock area. 
As the people I were with watched the fire I stared out into the darkness, feeling like something was watching us. I decided to go to a rock further away from the fire so my eyes could adjust to the darkness. And lo and behold I see a translucent white figure about 50 feet away from us on top of the rocks on the other side of the area pretty high up. It was moving back and forth and it looked about 5 to 6 feet tall. It starts to scale down the rocks and when I say scale I mean fast like faster than humanly possible. And as it's doing that it gets smaller and turns into the shape of an animal like a coyote or wolf. Shapeshifters usually are said take form as one of these. I say is that an animal? And my partner looks over and immediately gets super sketched out just as I was. The other person we were with wasn't bothered by it for some reason. He said he saw it but in the moment was trying to convince us it was a person. He was drunk, as I see it coming towards us I get absolutely horrified that it's going to kill us. I tried to go up higher on the rocks to get away from it. I literally thought that was it. I thought I was going to die. I had the most horrifying feeling and it was genuinely the scariest most terrifying thing I have ever felt or seen. I pulled out my phone and shined my flashlight on it to make sure I'm not tripping. And I think that it deterred whatever it was away from us because it ended up running into the woods, and disappearing. My partner and I were completely horrified and my legs were violently shaking. I said that we need to leave immediately. The friend that we were with wanted to stay to finish his drink but we wanted to go. He told us that he would prove that it was a human by trying to run down the rocks as fast as he could to prove that a human could go that fast. But when he did we could hear him running around. And that's the scary part about what we saw. It was completely silent as it went down the rocks and back up them. We weren't able to process what had happened until we had gotten home after we dropped our friend off. When we did we decided to do some research about skinwalkers in the area where we were. Here's what we found. The first few things that come up when you google Rafa's chasm in Gloucester is several articles of deaths that have occurred right where we were. Now each one states that the deaths were from the waves knocking the people off and drowning them. But this wasn't what freaked us out. I continued to scroll and I came across this weird website. It was a website for stock photos but for some reason the description included the name of the location we were. When I clicked the website I literally could not believe what I saw. Proof is attached, the image of whatever creature that has looked a lot like what we had seen earlier that night. We still have no idea what to make of this situation but all I know is I am still scared. Also, needed to add that earlier in the night I heard an owl and I made sure I said something about it to my friend and partner because I love owls. I just heard one who, I later in the night read that an owl is the eyes for the walkers, which is very interesting has anyone else experienced something like this. After a stressful day at work, I had gone over to my friend's apartment to shoot the breeze, eat some food and play a few games on my friend's PS4. It was getting late and I had to be up fairly early the next day. My friend walked me out to the parking lot to my car. There was no one else in the parking lot, just us two. As I was unlocking my car, a dog walked out from the side of a nearby building about 25 feet away. It came fully into view and stopped to look at us. It was a little bigger than a standard Great Dane. 
It was all black with long hair that appeared to be falling out in clumps. It had long ears and a long, scraggly tail. I remember making eye contact with it. It had dark maroon colored eyes. And in the moment we locked eyes, it smiled at us. But instead of a dog's lips going up and back, the lips went slightly sideways and I saw white, human teeth. I recall suddenly getting a feeling of dread and fear. I felt like it was something disguised as a dog and pretending to be a dog. But it wasn't a dog. I'm certain of it. The energy coming off of this thing didn't feel dog-like. I don't know how else to describe it, but my hair went up on end. It turned around from us and began limping slowly back around the corner from where it had stepped out from. It seemed to have most of its weight on its front legs, walking with a hunched back. When it was limping away, I noticed its rear left foot was wrapped in blue gauze and the foot looked very odd. The heel was actually parallel to the ground. I am unsure if my friend saw exactly what I saw, but she suddenly said, it's leaving. Let's follow it. And she ran after the damn thing right after it disappeared around the corner. I remember being scared for my friend, so I went sprinting after her. I rounded the corner to find my friend looking around confused. The dog thing was gone. At the rate that it was walking and limping, and given the close proximity to us, which, again, was no more than 25 feet, there was no way that it could have disappeared that quickly. The air was suddenly extremely cold, even for South Texas January. My teeth were chattering and I told my friend to quickly go back to her apartment, lock the door and stay inside. I warned her that that thing was not a dog and told her I'd text her when I got home. Once safe at home, I texted my friend and thought that was going to be the end of it. But even as I settled into bed, my heart was racing. It didn't help that, around 12 am, there was low whistling right outside my window. My neighbor's house isn't too far from mine, but they're good people and there is no logical reason for them to be that close to my window at night, whistling. I didn't make any indication that I was aware of the whistling. It wasn't even musical, just the sort of whistle someone is giving if they're trying to get attention. Eventually, the whistling stopped and I heard nothing else. I had trouble sleeping. I haven't seen anything, or experienced anything like it since. This happened quite a time ago, but remember the encounter very well. My mom sent me next door to my grandma's to get something for her when the whole time felt like I was being watched. And looked over my shoulder several times. Now the distance between my house and my grandma's was long enough. Where once I reached my grandma's my home was not visible. The sighting occurred on my way back home. I was about halfway when I saw the creature. It was making a lot of noise and came crashing out of the tree line breaking a huge tree branch. Then it began to run toward me. I remember thinking this can't be happening. I felt like my legs would not move out of fear. It all was in a time span of 5 to 10 seconds. I then ran the rest of the way home. And I tell you I have never ran so fast. The next day I took my mom to the site where the creature had come out of the trees and showed her the tree branch. Lots of people I know do not believe in Bigfoot so I normally would shy away from telling my story. I do know for a fact that what I saw was indeed Bigfoot. 
Okay, so I'll try to make this relatively short so I'm not one for believing too much of cryptid lore, never had an encounter before or anything like that, but my partner and I live on the border of upstate New York, not far from the Whitehall Bigfoot area. One night partner was taking out the garbage and came back inside startled, I mean really shook up. They said they had seen a creature that looked like maybe a fox or coyote, but that it then stood up on its hind legs and so they booked it back inside. Fast forward about a month and I'm outside on my porch smoking a cigarette, enjoying the stars under a crystal clear sky. We have a small plot next to our house that has a tow behind landscaping trailer permanently parked on it about 20-ish feet away from the house. After a while of standing outside I get the sudden and intense feeling like something is watching me, just that primal feeling of danger. It should be noted that, like most people up here, I'm usually carrying a gun on me, coyotes and bears are fairly common up here, so I kind of do the four corners check of my surroundings. When I looked over to that trailer, I saw there was something the size of a large dog laying in the grass. Mind you, it's a clear night with a not quite full moon, and the grass was uncut long but not like a meadow, if I had to estimate I'd say 7 to 9 inches high, so I had a really good view of this thing. Now I know never to approach a random animal bedded down at night, so I just kind of watch it for a second. Even in the light of the moon, its outline and coat were pitch black, blacker than anything I've seen before, unnaturally contrasting against the ground it laid on. Then it looks up, it has piercing red eyes. I'm thinking ah what the f and put my hand on my revolver, I ain't about to be coyote food. And then. It stood up. It stood up on its hind legs. The only way I can describe the legs of it is like that goat-human hybrid from the Narnia movie, but with the torso like a hybrid of man and canine. It was taller than me, and I'm six foot one it didn't even need to take a step. I flicked whatever was left of my cigarette and backed away to the door, locked and bolted it, and spent the rest of the night wondering what I just saw. Now I'll admit, I'm a religious man, but that thing didn't fit the description of any jinn I've heard of. It's to this day one of the few things in my life I cannot explain we've installed security cameras since but now the lot is under construction and we haven't seen it since. I don't know what I saw that night, truly but I intend to find out one way or another. I want to go into the forest near the plot and look for signs. Does anyone have any advice on hunting this sort of cryptid? I'll update with any further happenings should they appear again. My brother and his friends were on the highway one night. It was Highway 73 South in Quebec, Canada, and basically my brother saw what looked like a tall, white pale humanoid near the woods on the side of the road. He also said it was abnormally tall and walking on two legs. At first he didn't think much of it, thinking he was the only one who saw it and he believed he might have been seeing things due to his tiredness. Until, one of his friends who was driving screamed WTF was that? All four of them saw it, they all described the same thing. I believe it might have been a skinwalker. Thoughts? Me and like 10 of my friends went to an abandoned mental hospital in Detroit. We just stood way back and threw rocks at it for a while, while one of us worked up the courage to actually go inside. 
We constantly are seeing things move in the windows of the building and small lights moving and turning on and off but eventually half of us say F it and find the safest way in. We go through where the trucks used to unload into the building and walk down a long hallway. There's a stairwell nearby where we walked in and I heard voices in the stairwell and no one else heard it but me and my best friend, so we kept moving. We take a couple more turns, stopping occasionally because some- A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Someone heard something when soon we come across the most dreaded place we could have found. The morgue cremation room. Tons of graffiti everywhere saying stupid teenager scare tactic shit. Everyone shit themselves when we found that room but we all chilled in it for a while until we inevitably started to leave. As we leave the morgue it takes you into a hallway where the elevator shafts are and there is a room across from the door we exit and me and my friend are walking out first when suddenly a girl in a white nightgown steps out from the door across hall and I shit myself. Hoping to cut the silence and maybe get her to react because I was thinking she was like a crazy homeless crack addict, I yelled oh shit and she just stood there. Soon after another guy comes out, then another guy, then another girl, whose looks made me think they were actually doing heroin. Collectively we all just went what the f and started talking. They told us to put our weapons down cause cops go in there all the time and you're not supposed to be on the property let alone with weapons. But we just hit like scrap metal from the ground, so we put our weapons down and talked to the other group for a second while I was talking to the nightgown girl and the ringleader I noticed the cracked out look in one just walk away into the pitch blackness of the corridor behind her while we all had flashlights, which the kid told us to put those off too but f that idea, we leave and as we get on the road back to our cars, surprise surprise a cop pulls into the road and we all hid. At that point it was just a couple of us since some were farther ahead and had made it back to their cars, while the cop searched the area with his spotlight. That was a crazy or creepy night.
Oh and later that night at like 5am a dude followed me in his truck cause me and my friends fell asleep in my car across the street from his driveway so he just shined his brights into my car for like 10 minutes while we tripped out to see if he was gonna do anything, plus we were high and tired thus very confused. Once I had stopped at a gas station and got out, they pulled up to the pump behind me and just stayed in their truck, I walked inside to pay for gas, Came back out to talk to the truck guys but they left as I was walking out. I was at my grandma's house in the upstairs bedroom. It's a four bedroom old house on the country. And I'm laying in bed watching Netflix on my phone on the nightstand. There's a door to my grandma's bedroom that's catty cornered to the open door in the room I am sleeping in. So I'm laying there watching forensic files and so my view is kind of distorted from the light on the screen. But I see a black figure walk up and grab the door knob of the door to the other bedroom. And it just stands there. I'm thinking it's my grandma who is downstairs, she's kind of hard of hearing so I say grandma a few times. Louder and louder until the hair stands up on the back of my neck and I lean up in bed and say grandma really loud. At this point whatever it is knows I'm looking at it and F replies to me oh you can see me? And turns around and F walks away bro. I didn't know what to do I sat there for a minute and then got up. And looked through all the other bedrooms and nobody was up there. I go downstairs and my grandma's sitting there watching Jeopardy like usual. I asked her if she went upstairs and she said no and has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm not schizophrenic that I know of and was completely sober. Freak the F out of me. Fast forward 6 months and it's New Year's. Long story short I am laying in the other bedroom that was catacorner to the one that I was in, the first time in. And out of sleep and crazy hungover. I hear a woman mumbling down the hallway by the bathroom. Hallway and bathroom in the same big bedroom. I don't think any of it. Maybe somebody stopped over and I hear them downstairs. There's a balcony in the bedroom that I'm at and a patio out front on the bottom level. I laid there for a little while listening to it but I couldn't make any words out. So I go downstairs and ask my mom and my grandma who are both sitting downstairs. On the other end of the house in the living room watching TV if there was anyone there? My mom said no, I told her I heard some lady upstairs mumbling. She just said no no one was there so I went back upstairs and tried to get some sleep. As soon as I'm barely asleep I'm laying on my right side and I hear a scream from a girl. Less than 3 inches from my left ear. I was so scared I jumped up and ran into the door, then opened it and ran out. Fast forward again to later that night and my mom spending the night at my apartment. She doesn't live in town she was visiting. My mom said that she hears the lady too some mornings mumbling down the hallway but she can never make out what it's saying. She just didn't want to say anything in front of my grandmother to freak her out. My grandma doesn't believe in ghosts. What the FBRO? I refuse to sleep over there anymore, hell no. Any ideas on what I heard or saw? The house was built by my grandfather and his first wife who lived there. They had a young daughter who died of some blood disease, I'm not sure what apparently it's curable today. But I get some super weird anxious vibes from that house. I bought an audio recorder and set it up there for 3 days.
I went through all the audio recordings on my girlfriend's laptop but I can't hear anything except for some interference every now and then but it might just be the audio recorder. We live in a neighborhood of small family houses in Arlington, Texas. Every year we have from 40 to 60 trick-or-treaters at our door on Halloween night. They usually consist of small children accompanied by adults, older children in groups, and teenagers who can't seem to give up their childhood fun. Sometimes the teens don't even bother to wear costumes. Halloween night of 2011 was a busy one on our street. At one point I answered the doorbell to a large group of kids of various ages. Two of the tallest ones were dressed in rather flashy costumes. I remember nylon net, glitter, sequins, and garish makeup. I don't remember if they were both girls or if one was a boy. I always pay attention and compliment the kids on their costumes. When I looked at the eyes of the teenagers, I was really taken aback. The entire visible eyeballs were a shiny coal black. I told them they had great costumes and I think I asked if those things hurt their eyes. I naturally assumed they were wearing contact lenses covering their entire eye surface. I got no answer to my question. They just sort of smiled. Maybe they just didn't want to converse with an elderly grandmother type. I don't even know if I got a thank you for the candy from them or not. I closed the door before the massive kids left the porch, so I don't know if the two teens went off by themselves or were with some of the younger kids. I remember mentioning to my husband that some teens were wearing what looked like painful contact lenses and then didn't think about the incident until you told me about black-eyed children. Wow. Or not a wow. Were they hybrids or just ultra-cool teens? I believe the latter, and that they were trying to shock people. In any case, they succeeded with me. I know I would not have let them in my house, whatever they were. Hello, something happened last summer that has left me with many questions and few answers. I was employed at an appliance and furniture rental and sales business in Great Bend, Kansas. One morning a co-worker and I opened the store. When we arrived we noticed that the back door was open and when we entered the back room all the lights in the store had been turned on. It didn't look like a break-in because the security latch was intact. The security system had been disabled, there was no power indicator on the code box. We immediately called the police and the store manager to report the situation. We were told not to open the store and to remain in the back office until someone arrived. A few minutes later, after hanging up the phone with the store manager, a police officer was knocking on the back door. I left him in and told him what we had found when we arrived. The officer started to walk through the back room and into the showroom when we started to hear a baby cry. I thought that a customer may have somehow entered the store and that they had a baby with them. My coworker and I followed the officer in the direction of the crying, well, I didn't believe what I saw. There were two babies lying on a twin-size bed display. The officer told us to stay there while he checked the rest of the store. He had also radioed for another police officer to come to the location. I looked down at the babies who were both tightly wrapped in dark green cloth. Both babies were quiet, very still, and looking at me and my coworker. I was taken aback by their odd eyes, both babies had large pupils that were black. 
There were no irises and neither of the babies blinked. The police officer was soon back with us, he commented on the baby's eyes as well. In fact, he was totally freaked out, so much so that he looked scared. The store manager soon arrived as well as a senior police officer. We all stood around the bed looking at these strange babies who lay there quietly watching us. The store manager pulled my co-worker and me to the side and told us to go ahead and leave. He was not opening the store until he found out what was going on. We quickly headed toward the back door and left. I wasn't scheduled to work until a couple days later but I had talked to a few co-workers who said that the atmosphere in the store was very strange. They had been receiving weird telephone calls and the security system alarm would trip on several times during the day. I got to work a little early for my next scheduled shift. When I arrived the store manager was sitting in the office so I asked him what had happened after we had left. He said that two young women, who said they were from the municipal court, eventually showed up and took the babies. The senior police officer told him later that he had no idea who the women were but that he was told by his superior not to impede. He thought they were probably from McConnell AFB in Wichita. He also said that the babies were very quiet and seemed relaxed the entire period that they were there. I stopped working there not long after. Things were just never the same and it got tougher each day, especially when odd-looking people would come into the store and just walk around. I didn't feel comfortable being there. February or March, I think. 1988 or 1989. Maybe 1990, but I doubt it. There were four adults and three older children in the car. We were waiting for Amtrak to show up. It was close to dusk. Something came across our view way across the tracks. Maybe 200 feet away. I could be wrong about the distance. On the far side was the edge of the forest. Walking along the edge of the forest, in southerly direction, was a big brown hairy creature. At first we thought it was someone in costume. But soon realized it wasn't and that it was a real. My father and I were in Dulce, New Mexico. I've lived in New Mexico since 2000 but have never been to this town, despite it having quite the history in cattle mutilations, etc. As we were inside the grocery store, there were two very strange-looking teens wandering around, almost like brother and sister. The younger boy was about 11 and had his hair slicked like alfalfa from the little rascals and the teen girl was wearing dark black sunglasses indoors the whole time. Upon leaving the store, Another family was coming in, a white, engineering-type nerdy government lab-looking type with a Native American woman, along with their four children. There was a baby in the basket covered with a blanket, a two-year-old, and what looked like four- and seven-year-old girls. The combination of the nerdy engineering-type white guy with his Native-looking wife, in such an insular community seemed strange, to me, for this area. Then, there were the children, whose skin was much, much darker than that of what I assumed to be their Native American mother. The two girls stopped short of me, as I was coming out of the grocery store entrance. The way they looked at me, almost animal-like, in curiosity, with silent gazes and their heads cocked inquisitively, almost like a curious puppy dog, with what seemed to be extremely dark black, 
very reflective, glistening eyes. Three experiences at the same place. About two hours from Phoenix, there's a petroglyph mound. It's well documented and all that, no secret, and a very cool place. One day I rented a fun car and went for a drive through the desert. I saw the landmark sign for the site from the highway and decided to go take a look. Nothing particularly weird happened, although there was definitely an energy feel about the place. I don't know how else to describe the experience other than to say the place had energy, and you could perceive it. Now, at the time I carried two cell phones, one for work and one personal. I was taking pictures with each and texting them to people, and I happened to notice that with the Verizon phone, as I got closer I got to the mound, my signal would fade. Right up next to the rocks, no signal. 50 yards away, full signal. The AT and T phone wasn't affected at all. In addition to the energy feeling, I had the sense that I was trespassing, but because I was being quiet and respectful, my presence was being tolerated. After a while, I knew it was time to leave. Nobody else was there the whole time I was, but as I was driving out, somebody else passed me on the way in. It felt like the place didn't want more than one person there at a time. Second time I went, I took my parents when they were in town visiting. There were a bunch of other people there too walking around. The energy feel wasn't there, like it was hiding with so many people in the area. Fast forward several years and there's a meteor shower supposed to happen this particular night. My girlfriend and I both wanted to see it and I knew from being out there during the daytime that it would be truly pitch dark black at night and that there was a good parking lot to set up some chairs and watch the meteorites. So, we do that and we'd been chilling for about 5 minutes when we both get that somebody is watching me feeling very intensely and at the same time. We both shined our flashlights around in a circle a few times and didn't see anybody. We figured that we were just spooking ourselves out and sat back down for a few minutes, but the feeling got way stronger, like this amped up electric danger get out now instinctual fear feeling. We threw our chairs in the car and unasked that place as quickly as we could. Once we got back to the main road we were asking each other did you feel that too or am I just being crazy? questions and we both had the same exact feeling. So, it's completely possible that we were just being weenies and scared each other. It's also possible that I was projecting some kind of respect the sacred Indian land feeling onto the place from my first experience but in my heart I don't think so. Either something didn't want us there that night or somebody was about to hurt us and we were being warned to leave before that happened. I just got goosebumps on my arms and legs from thinking about it. At the end, my hypothesis was that there is something unique or powerful about that site, and whatever that has also caused the Indians to choose it for their purposes. About four or five years ago I was walking down a bike path in the back of my house in Fairfax County, Virginia with my stepdaughter when I saw two boys leaning against their bikes up ahead. I didn't really think much about it, since it is a bike path, until one of the kids raised his head up and looked me straight in the eye. That's when fear struck me so hard I was stopped dead in my tracks. His eyes were black and hollow like he didn't have a soul. It was like looking at pure evil, 
At least that's the way I described it when I recounted the incident later that evening to my husband and my other daughter. I immediately led my stepdaughter off the path, cut through someone's yard, and walked out to the street. I didn't know what I had encountered at the time but now I am quite sure it was the black-eyed children. I don't know what they are, but I know they are dangerous. It was so weird I thought that my stepdaughter would also be aware of what I perceived to be impending danger, but she was completely oblivious, even when I led her off the path and onto the street. I somehow knew I had to get out of there now. Surprisingly they appeared normal in every other aspect, except for the eyes of course, and a vague awareness that they didn't quite fit into the environment. I only saw the eyes of one of them because the other kid had his back to me. He looked to be around 13 or 14, flannel shirt and jeans, and a swarthy complexion. Now that I have been reading about these encounters it piques my curiosity but I wouldn't want to run into them again. As the title says I have been hearing knocks on my window at night. They aren't very rhythmic or frequent, but they sound very much like somebody is knocking on the window. I live on the fourth floor of an apartment complex and there are no trees near or high enough to do it. The weird thing is it only happens late at night past 1 or 2 am, but only when I'm trying to sleep. I haven't heard them staying up late yet Therese also other noises but it's hard to tell if it's the window or my pet rats that get a little crazy at night. The knocks are definitely the window though. I'm an extremely paranoid person, while I would check it out any other time of day, as soon as everybody is asleep and it's just me. The knocking in the dark, I am paralyzed. My fear response is free so as soon as I hear it I hide myself like a child, as best I can waiting in ice cold sweat. That's what happened today, I couldn't sleep until I heard the knocks at around 1am. I tried ignoring it and listening to calming music but my one earphone was broken and I still could hear it. I finally managed to sleep only to wake up at 3am. I wanted to sleep again, calm down now, only to become utterly terrified when it continued. I eventually slept through the night but it was the most stress I never want to experience at night. Back in college, when I was 19, I went to an art opening on campus. I'd never been in this particular building before. I was just inside the front door in the main lobby. In front of me was the entrance to the gallery space and to my left is a short hallway that led to the men's and women's bathrooms. The lobby was full of people chatting when someone got everyone's attention to talk about the exhibit. Since I was near the entrance, I was in the back of the crowd while everyone has turned to listen. While the speaker was talking, I saw someone come from the hallway, presumably from the bathroom. It was a man, and I was struck by how much he looks like me except 15 to 20 years older. He was not listening to the speaker, but stood at the entrance to the hallway, and was looking directly at me with giddy grin on his face. He stared for a few seconds, then quickly went back down the hallway toward the bathroom. I was perplexed and kept watching for him to come back out. When the speaker ended, everyone went into the main gallery space expect me. I went to the bathroom to get another look at this person. The bathroom was empty and there wasn't another door besides the women's room. I've thought about this event a lot since it happened, and always wondered if I'd time travel someday, 
but now I'm probably older than the person I saw. My memory of what he looked like has degraded as I've thought about this experience, so I can't say if I now look like the man I saw then. Who was this person? Why did they look at me? Where did they go? Growing up, I always felt like my childhood home was haunted. This wasn't just because it was filled with antiques or because our front yard was surrounded by a rusty iron cemetery fence. But I constantly felt watched and had some poltergeist activity as well as sounds that shouldn't be and even some apparitions. One such apparition happened after I dropped off a friend one night. Like me, she also believed in the paranormal and had had experiences. She was interested in coming to my house to see if she was able to experience anything. She began talking out loud, supposedly recounting what the spirits were telling her. She said she could see a man walking up the stairs up to the kitchen, and as she said it, the stairs creaked like someone was actually walking on them. A few minutes later, she said he was coming back down, and the creaking happened again. Eventually we got bored, and I took her home. I hadn't actually seen anything at that point, only heard the stairs creaking. As I pulled back in my driveway after dropping her off, I had a clear view of the kitchen window. I saw a figure standing in the window and thought nothing of it since my mom could often be seen in that window doing the dishes. I just figured my parents had come home, and she was getting started on them. However, right as I stepped out of my car, it occurred to me that my parents' cars weren't in the driveway. I was the only one at the house. I quickly jumped back in my car and called my parents. They had a good laugh thinking like usual I was just being weird. But I was absolutely terrified. I'm not sure if it was that man my friend said was going up and down the stairs or something else. But it's the only time I ever saw a figure in that window. So I live in a really small town in Washington state. That means, super high grocery prices at a small town grocery store, so I hardly ever visit this place and do most of my shopping 20 miles away, in town. I only shop there when I don't really feel like driving all the way into town for just a few items or need it ASAP. The store I went to, recently had self-serve registers installed and of course cameras go along with it that watch each and every item that you scan. There are four registers and all are watched by one employee. Got up to the register with three items in hand, and my 15-year-old daughter behind me, who was not carrying anything. I put the three items onto the counter and scanned one by one. Once I was done, I tried to pay but the register was going off saying that I needed help. Okay, weight was off on one item, I was thinking. Employee comes up and sees that there are five items on my list, but only three in the bagging area. She asks me where are the other two items? I told her I only came up with three items to begin with and she watched me scan all of them, so I don't know what other two items she was talking about. My daughter also said she only saw me scan three items. All different. So here is the weird part. The cashier played back the video from the camera above the register and sure enough, there were two items being scanned by me in the video that I never even showed up with. Clear as day. These were high definition cameras and the items were a pack of paper towels and a candy bar. The three items I came up with were milk, 
sour cream, and ice cream. The cashier freaked out and of course so did I because there is no doubt it was me in the camera, because the clothes, my bald spot and my daughter right next to me. This gave me chills, seeing myself on the camera, scanning something that I didn't even bring up to the registers. Cashier told me to just pay and get out of the store. This was about two years ago. To this day, I am still confused as hell as to how this happened. I'm a skeptic of anything paranormal and or unexplained and can usually debunk most things, but damn. This even has me stumped, hardcore. This happened to me a good 23 years ago, but it has stuck in my mind clear as day. I was working in one of my first proper jobs in an office as a receptionist. I picked up a phone at one point, intending to dial out and I heard people speaking. I sort of just froze at first, part surprise and part curiosity I guess. This was the conversation snippet I heard. Man, it happens sometimes when you dial 9 to get an outside line. Woman, yeah, I hung up then because I assumed I'd forgotten to cut off my end of the call when transferring one, or had somehow accidentally dialed in. Anyway later that day I went to make an external call, and press 9 to get an outside line. I must have pressed it more than once because before I knew it 999 what is your emergency? Came through. In a panic, I hung up. The phone rang a few minutes later, it was the call handler. A man. Asking if everything was okay and why 999 had been called and hung up on. I explained to him I didn't mean to call and I kid you not a word for word repeat of what was said above happened and in that moment I realized that the woman on the phone was me and this was the phone call I just heard on picking up the phone. I'm a skeptic with a lot of this sort of stuff, but to this day I've not been able to rationalize it away. I was sober, wider awake, at work and it definitely happened. Thoughts? I grew up in western Colorado, not too far from the Utah border. There are old roads going everywhere in the desert out there, you can go for days and days without seeing another soul, pretty remote. I was around 17 when a good friend and I acquired some magic mushrooms. We, being super in touch with nature and stuff, decided to go into the desert for a couple of days and find our spirit animals, or whatever silly shit you do on mushrooms. My friend ended up having to postpone for a day, don't remember why, but I was bummed. I made the decision to just go out alone the first night and get good and drunk for a day. Good decisions abound. After followed an old road for several hours that took me into Utah, I ended up at the bottom of a canyon next to the Colorado River. There was a beautiful sand bar out in the river a bit that I decided to make my camp on. I didn't want to get my old Toyota pickup stuck trying drive to it, and figure my friend coming later would see my truck and have an easy time finding me if he didn't have reception to call me. So I just made a few trips wading through about knee-deep water to bring my camping stuff, which consisted of, fishing pole, guitar for sweet jams, handle of super top shelf plastic bottle whiskey, vanilla coke, to make whiskey taste slightly less of death, portable CD player, also for sweet jams, sleeping mat, water for the hangover, snacks, tarp and my handy dandy SKS, 
super cheap semi-auto rifle that shoots the same bullet as an AK, because mountain lions. So I settle in a bit and discover that the side of the sandbar facing the river was covered in driftwood. Being an excellent friend, I decided to make a cool campsite with the driftwood for when my buddy arrived. Drinking shit whiskey, let's call it shitsky from now on, and building a driftwood camp in the desert sun on a river was a great way to spend a day. 10 of 10. There was a fire pit with benches, a little shelter with a smaller pit to keep drinks and snacks from cooking in the sun, all good and functional campsite stuff. Then Shitsky started to wrap its fingers around my brain. The stuff I made became less functional. Totem poles, longer pieces just sunk into the sand like a mini driftwood forest etc. As night set and I built a nice fire and decided to crank up the aforementioned sweet jams and go catfishing. I had early success with my endeavor, and decided to eat the freshly caught catfish. After my delicious, well-deserved meal I decided to honor the magnificent beast by placing its head on the top of one of my driftwood totems. Shortly thereafter the shitski finished me off and I apparently decided slightly wet sand was a good place to rest my bones. I was awakened at far too early an hour, covered in insect bites, with a terrible, terrible headache. What had awoken me from my drunken slumber, and was compounding the effects of the headache, was the colony of loud-ass birds nesting on the cliff opposite the river from me. I don't know what kind they were, but the sound was more than I could bear in my state. Idiot logic kicked in and I decided to silence them by firing Mr. SKS in their general direction which didn't work. Don't worry, I made sure not to hit their nests, or anywhere near them, I am not a murderer, unless you are a delicious catfish. At this exact moment a tour group of rafters came around the bend just up river from me. Having just heard rifle shots they were all dead silent and staring at me in horror. There I was, in all my young, stupid glory, standing in my tidy whities covered in bug bites, my long hippie hair looking exactly like I had spent the night sleeping in wet sand, holding a Chinese assault rifle, surrounded by totem poles and all sorts of weird shit, this banquet of what the f being garnished by a catfish head on a stick. I fully realize this region receives a lot of revenue from tourism, and I didn't want to be that asshole that ruins it for everyone, so I put on my best smile, made sure my junk wasn't showing, and slowly waved. As they very slowly floated past, not one of them moved. They just stared. Frozen in either horror or awe, maybe both.